Welcome to Fitsby Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. You guys ready? Yes. All right. Born ready. Born ready. I love that. I I love your first one though. I wish I could just say all those things. I know. That is so bad. Hey everybody, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. Uh, my name is Chris Bakey. I'll be your host today. I've got with us Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of Fit to Be Studio. We also have a guest I'm excited to talk to. Her name is Leah Outen. She is the uh, she's a blogger with thegracebonds.com. You got to go check that out. She specializes. This blog covers everything: pregnancy, postpartum, uh, self care, all the all the important topics. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to dig into some of that today. Um, Leah, thank you for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So where um, are, where are you coming to us from today? Um, I live in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Okay, okay. How long have you been in that area? Mm, probably about 12 years now. Okay, and before before coming there, where were you? Um, I was a mountain girl in like Boone, North Carolina and Asheville, (laughs) um, kind of all over North Carolina. I'm a Southern girl. (laughs) All right. And how do you like it where you are? Oh, I love where I live. It's close to the beach and the mountains and, um, the community is not fun, but it's beautiful otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So when you talk about mountains, how like how tall are the mountains? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, like, are they mountain mountains, like Colorado mountains, or are they like not? Or what kind of mountains are they? Um, if you go like to Boone, they're taller. I don't know. I've never been to like Colorado or anything. I've only like flown over them. Okay. So okay. I don't feel like I'm trying to picture big. these mountains. Right. Yeah, Chris really likes to climb mountains. Yeah. I've yeah. hiked like the Appalachian Trail. They're more like mm-hmm. they're smaller, probably. They're it's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, but they're still real mountains. I, I I've been to that area a little, not very much. I lived in Oklahoma for a little while, and they were telling me about the mountains there. And then when I got there, there weren't any mountains because they were talking about <laughs> this isn't like Western Oklahoma where it's flat. We have mountains, and then they were. Little hills. <laughs> so I think what you're talking about, there are more, there are more mountains. There's more mountainous uh, than cool. hills. Yeah. So tell me how you and Beth um, got connected. Um, well, I became a member about five or six years ago after my okay. fourth baby was born. Um, and so that's how I started following her and trying to, you know, hone in my core again um and then just meeting her on the forum and then we have a mutual friend that is a birth mom and it can be a small world sometimes and that's yeah what a fun to hear how how beth was beginning through my friend's eyes and it's just funny how a small world can be yeah Mm -hmm. that's awesome yep that's awesome so um 
So one of the things that I know that you talk a lot about on your blog is the actual topic of postpartum. Um, and so I think that um, there's a lot of information that's out there, but tell us, tell us some of the, some of your thought, high level thoughts on postpartum and recovery and just, just kind of give us a, a, a Leah take on that. Yeah. Um, I feel like in our society, we are kind of told to just jump back in and go back into life and mm-hmm. not really consider like that we have a giant wound that we're healing from our placenta right. site is the size of a dinner plate, like eight to nine inches, which is huge. And, um, we're bleeding for six weeks. And, um, even if you have a C-section, even if you have a C-section. Yeah. Right. Yep. Or natural birth. I mean, you're still bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Right. It's a big recovery, even if it's a natural birth. Um, and we're just, yeah, we don't slow down. Um, and I don't think after my, um, my son was born, which was my second baby, but my third birth, um, it was, I was just a mess. Like it was, I was crying for like six weeks solid. And so when I had my next Mm. child, I was like, something has to change. Like I really need to, you know, listen to what my midwife is saying, which is, you know, let's slow down for two weeks and try to not move around so much and not feeling like I have Mm -hmm. to get up and clean and host the people that are coming to visit and, and cook and run errands and all that thing, all those. Um, and which each, which each, with each baby, I try to, I've tried to add more and more time with that. So my last child, I was like, my, my husband home was home for six weeks. And so I really was able to, um, practice what my midwife was saying I needed to do. And, prepare for it because I really understood how important it was at that point, not just for physical, but for my mental health, because postpartum depression is very real for me, um, as it is for many yeah. women these days. And that mm-hmm. physical rest is so important for our mental health too. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you, um, mentioned your midwife telling you something, and I know in our forum, you shared this little formula that you were given it's something like seven days on the bed right yeah she well she recommends like the first seven days like solid bed rest like only getting up Mm -hmm. to shower and pee pretty much and maybe you know um maybe walk around your room a little bit um but pretty Mm -hmm. much being in bed for your meals for snuggling your baby for nursing for having your children come snuggle you like and not picking up your children besides the baby um Mm -hmm. and just really having a lot of help to 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 it also helps your pelvic floor to not prolapse which is huge (laughs) um especially when you've had six babies i had then it's i was probably at a lot more risk than others um Mm-hmm. Because it that doesn't always go right back, and I was running out of time between the babies I had to really uh, work on it. Um, so I wanted I wanted to really follow her advice. Um, and then she the next week she still recommends bed rest, but kind of tailoring it a little bit more, like just being up a little bit more each day um, and just mm-hmm. tapering it off throughout the the next mm-hmm. week or two. 
Um, and then even after that, she recommended like, you know, six weeks, you know, don't lift up the laundry baskets, don't go grocery shopping and lifting up heavy baskets, like, um, you know, get help, have delivery or use the Walmart pickup or um, just utilizing the the help around you that our society is, you know, we're with all of our delivery options that we can make it a little easier on ourselves as moms, not just because yeah, it helps our lifestyle. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It helps. It just mm-hmm. helps physically as well with the, um, and then I also would spend really the, the first six weeks, I would just spend time on the couch. Like I moved from my bed to the couch and let my kids play around my feet or, and just get up to prepare meals um, or just do light, light chores that weren't heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's a, I think it goes seven days on the bed, seven days around the bed, seven days near the bed, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so with that much, I mean, that much slowing down, um, how does that compare to what the average is? Like, it, I, I don't know what the real statistics are, but it seems like the average is, okay, get going, back to life, take it easy, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah. just, you know, just take it easy. <laughs> I feel like from what I've seen, what I see in my friends on social media or just the culture around me is like within days, people, like they get home from the hospital and they're like, oh, let's go grocery shopping on my home or yeah. let's go to the mall and pick out baby clothes a few days later. And that's re- really, that's what prompted my yeah. post about the placenta because it's really frustrating to me that they that we just don't know or we just don't listen to the advice given to us or do. I mean, I feel like with my first two babies that I was with an OB, I wasn't told to rest. My midwife who um, I had a home birth with and the birth center burst, um, she was more attentive to that, like needing extra care and education. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like our professionals need to be educated on this as well of how to educate their moms and their clients. And yeah. getting across to spouses noticed? too, <laughs> that they'll need to support their wives and their their partners in that transition to motherhood. Mm-hmm. Have you have you noticed that um, there's almost this mentality that if you lay around too much, that means you're lazy. You know, we need to be super mom. We can just jump right back. Well, women and um, Hundreds of years ago, working in field, they just squatted and had a baby and went back to work. Well, mm-hmm. that was probably because there was somebody there beating them if they didn't. <laughs> right. Now, I definitely struggle with that, too. And that's a, um, I hear that a lot. And I know I struggle with that, too. Like, I, even now, like a year postpartum, I have those days because I'm still recovering. It's a process. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's, I think we have to undo that lie that we've been told um that it isn't lazy to take a break and it isn't lazy to heal and as i put in my post that if if our child or my my husband had a a wound that was nine inches big would i want them up and around would i want them moving would i want them going to school or work or lifting things no i would want to take care of them and i would want them to heal and if resting meant that's how they do that then i would do what i could to, to take care of them and so I think we need to switch mm-hmm. our mentality as a culture to to go back to, you know, taking care of moms too. 
just like other cultures mm-hmm. in Mexico. Like, right. Well, and so, you know, there's this, there's this thought too, that if you, um, you know, if you get up and you move around and, and, um, as long as you're not, um, soaking through a pad every two hours, then it's okay. Right. But I have heard recent pushback from the midwifery community and the midwifery model of care, which is a lot more sensitive and tender and caring. Mm -hmm. Um, that is okay. Yes, that is the big red flag to watch for, but let's not even get to that point. Exactly. Let's keep things gentle enough. And we do that with the fit to be postpartum recovery plan. It's very, it's like the first few weeks you're barely doing anything because I know moms are anxious to get back to it, but I still want to provide them a guide. They can literally do in bed. They can literally do around their bed. That just is so gentle. Um, but if there's an increase, some of that is because the uterus is being massaged. But if you're getting to the point where you're soaking a pad every few hours, that's too much. But I was told that that was normal. You right. might you might soak a pad up to every few hours. Um, that's normal if you have an increase in activity. Just go back and rest again. Well, yeah. that ends up promoting this. Well, I can overdo it as long as I rest later. Right. Yes. Ooh. I'm guilty of that too. I feel like in my early pregnancies and postpartums. I, I, I think a lot of moms do that. Um, I think again, it gets back to, um, you know, taking care of ourselves. I love what you said about like, this, let's not even get to that point. Let's be gentle with ourselves and really mm-hmm. take that time. Um, I mean, the bleeding will actually stop before six weeks. If we allow ourselves to rest it, or it will just go down heal. to spotting. It will heal. It heal mm-hmm. quicker if we just allow that time. So I think that's another so let's talk lie about, that so we need to do. Let's let's talk about the situation. Like, um, you you take a group of women that are kind of more average, more normal. They're not really resting. They're kind of pushing themselves more than they should be. And then you take a group group of women that really take it seriously, like you're talking about, and they really kind of ease back into things more appropriately. What's the long-term difference? Like, what are they going to, what are the two groups going to see different about each other? Um, well, the group that is not really resting, they're going to have heavier bleeding. They're probably going to have more emotional up and downs feeling, um, feeling the, that struggle between feeling like they have to be super mom, but can't because they're tired and exhausted and not caring for themselves. Um, I know I struggled. Like I, like I said, I was crying like every sobbing for six weeks because it was just too Mm. hard on myself um, physically and emotionally of like trying to live up to the super mom status that it's impossible. Um, and then long-term, it can prolong mental health issues. Um, it, it also could um, have a higher risk for the pelvic floor prolapse. Um, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> I mean, the other group yeah. that, that we take care of ourselves a little more, we have more stable moods. Um, I felt a tremendous difference when I really this last postpartum where I really took it seriously and I prepared through my pregnancy of like um, prepared with a basket to keep beside my bed 
um, with mm-hmm. items. So I didn't have to get out of bed, even to take my supplements or to get ibuprofen for the after pains or whatever I needed, diapers and wipes. It was all right there. So I could just rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I felt an immense sense of peace and joy. Um, and just the stability of like, this is how it's meant mm-hmm. to be of like just bonding with my baby and having people care for me and like just feeling, um, just feeling very well loved for myself and mm-hmm. by other people. Um, and so mm-hmm. that makes a it's tremendous beautiful. emotional difference. Um, and physically I, I bled a lot less. I never really got to that. I never allowed myself to get to that soaking through the pad point. It just kind of mm-hmm. slowly tapered off and was just spotting. Um, and so the physical recovery was easier. Um, it was just, I just had a lot more joy in, in my whole mm-hmm. postpartum experience and with my kids. Um, that I've had kids everywhere, but it still was just like, you know, an enjoyable resting period, like almost like a honeymoon sort of period that I was baby. Moon, yeah, the baby moon. I was able to really yeah. enjoy it. Um, and just felt, mm-hmm. it just felt very right. Um, and that had a long lasting effect all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you talked a lot about, um, bed, bed rest and, and, you know, taking it slow, but what it, can you maybe just go into a little more detail? Like, do you really mean bed rest? Like, what do you, can you describe it? Um, well, the first week, um, I mean, I have everything within reach. I have a basket beside my bed with all the baby necessities. Um, I have my, my husband would bring me things like all the meals in bed. Um, I would have even just getting water. Like he would deliver all that to me, or I'd have one of my older kids or a friend that was visiting. Um, and then I would only get up pretty much to shower, um, or go to the bathroom. And it was just like, if, if, if someone was pregnant and was at risk for going into labor, it's just, it's very similar to that for the first week. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, what, what I'm hearing you say Essentially you're a, yeah, a queen in bed being waited on. Hand yes, foot. exactly. Yeah. And it just created a beautiful experience. Is, it it really is to be taken seriously to really make sure that you're fully resting, not just like mostly resting. You're yes. legitimately fully resting. At least a week, if mm-hmm. not two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you know, similar to, that you oh go ahead, Beth. It's similar to like you said, it's a wound. You're healing from a wound. You not only have a placenta wound, you know, that's pulled away from your uterus. Um, um, pretty quickly, you know, women, we get our periods and it's because we're shedding the lining of our uterus and that takes place over the course of several days. And it's it's pretty hefty bleeding, um, that tapers off. And then you have, you have birth, which is where you have all this stuff that was in you that is now coming out Mm -hmm. and then it leaves a gash. It leaves, um, this open wound inside of you that needs to heal. Plus the uterus is shrinking back down from having expanded ginormously, that's a real word, by the way. Um, and so there is, there's a contractile 
phase we call, you know, the fourth trimester, that whole three months is a huge time of healing um, that women are not getting. And, and, if, and if we were to, to hurt ourselves, you know, Chris and I and, and our spouses went and climbed the South Sister a couple weeks ago. And on our way down, we all took some tumbles. And, um, and I still have this spot on my knuckles that is healing. And it's taken a while because it's in a place where the scab keeps getting ripped off because it's just right there. And the other places have healed up just fine, but this place is still healing because the scab is not being allowed to stay on because it keeps getting aggravated. And, and it's similar in my mind too. Yeah. When we push too hard, it's like we're, when we bleed, the healing that's happening inside of us is, is being torn away and it kind of has to not totally start over, but there's, it slows that process down. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Chris, go back to what you were saying. <laughs> well, I was just gonna I was just gonna ask like um so I think that there's it seems like there's probably three groups of women that are out there. There's the group of women that are gonna have a really good support to be able to really rest. And they're mm-hmm. kind of set up and they might hear this podcast and they're like, Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm doing. Then there's a group of women that have the ability to get that support, haven't been thinking about it, and they, when they hear this podcast, they might go, okay, I need to coordinate with my spouse, Mm -hmm. with my mom, with my friends, with my whatever. And they'll make it happen. It does take coordination. (laughs) Yeah. It does take coordination coordination and you have to make it happen. Ahead of time. And you got to make it happen, Mm -hmm. right? But then there's another slice of of you know new moms that actually aren't going to be able to get that support so what what do you recommend to them like how how do they what should they do how should they deal with it i would say prepare and plan as best as you can and do what you can um to 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 make it what you whatever it can be for you um mm-hmm. personally like once my husband went back to work I still practiced this in some degree um and so and just being a mom of five like my life is crazy so I have to take shortcuts where I can um and I feel like a lot of those mm-hmm. ways can be practical for moms who don't have that physical support of people around them whether they don't know anybody or don't have family around or they have to go back to work um, and so I would say, do it, you know, do what you can with what you have. And if, if mm-hmm. it's parenting from the couch so that you're resting and only getting up when you really have to, to prepare a meal or change a diaper mm-hmm. or, um, you know, go to the bathroom, like just be on the couch as much as you can and parent from the couch. Um, mm-hmm. just like if you were sick or, um, or you had a broken leg, it's, it's a similar mm-hmm. idea. Um, and I really love using like Harris Teeter pickup. If you're in the South, um, Walmart pickup, Amazon prime, um, you know, mm-hmm. target, I mean, get ordering stuff online, ordering your groceries. I use shipped a lot, um, where they just deliver it to me. So I don't even have to drive anywhere. Um, and that saves a lot of time of not having to walk and not having to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and your patience with your, with a, you know, hungry baby or a screaming toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having, I loved having, again, the bedside basket or if you're on the couch, just having everything within reach. Um, and I would also suggest if you do have 
friends available around you, setting up a mm-hmm. meal website, um, like a meal train.com yeah. to help deliver, you know, just say people like, this is a practical way you can help me. And it doesn't take much time. If you could just bring me mm-hmm. a meal for, you know, three, four weeks, you know, every other night or something and have different people sign up. Um, that was a big, yeah. big, big help with, I had like a small group and my neighbors that filled in their days. And that was a huge help to take a burden off of me or to bring a freezer meal. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes moms don't need a baby shower, you know, with my fifth baby, I didn't need baby things. I needed things to help me with my motherhood transition and adding another mm-hmm. child and being able to rest. So bringing me freezer right. meals or preparing having my best friend was the one who gave me this bedside basket with all these stuff in it because she knew how important it was for her to have this and wanted me to rest and encourage that. And so, um, she kind of sparked a a lot of it. It was, it was the best, most meaningful gift I probably ever had because it really encouraged that, um, that self care. Um, Mm. and so I would encourage you if, if you are a friend of a pregnant um and you are going to a baby shower don't they may not need baby clothes they like give them this gift that most people don't give with just helping them take care of themselves mm. and offer meals I love it. offer child care um there's lots of ways it takes the village it really does and if you have access to that like ask for what you need and take it like humble yourself and realize yeah. we're not super mom and most p- time people want to help you and when you're mm-hmm. in a place where you are healed, then you can help. Ooh. Sorry, I got a phone oh. call. <laughs> oh, okay. it lost for just a second. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm curious what's in the basket. Yeah. Um, it was, we had a little travel size, size wipes and newborn diapers, um, a changing pad, um, ibuprofen because the after pain kills pain is horrible. Um, I had essential mm-hmm. oils that I found helpful as well for cramping or just relaxing or, um, I had some like diaper rash cream if that came up or a nipple balm, um, breast yeah. pads because they leak everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I had all my supplements, um, she also included things like, um, like mother's milk tea and like a, a fun mug that I could keep beside my bed. Or like you could have like a, like a, a cup with a straw so that you can, it's easier to drink in bed. Um, yeah, obviously th- that doesn't all fit in a basket all the time, but it was packaged that way. It was a big old, big old yeah. Basket. And she also gave yeah. me a robe too. So like to encourage that skin to skin bonding, but still kind of being comfortable and covered oh, in bed and, I love that. and cozy socks and um thing. I have I have a checklist on my blog that's available that will have all those oh, things, um that we can link to that. We'll link to that in yeah. the show notes. So if you're listening. Yeah. Oh that's so good. I know I had um a basket and then I also for my second baby I had this little over the arm organizer that just kind of draped over the arm of the chair I nursed in. Um and that was so handy for me. Um, you know, and a lot of those little um bedside crib things, sometimes they'll have little pockets and so gosh, yeah. I had things stuffed in all kinds of nooks yeah. and crannies all around yeah. me. Yeah. You know, and 
And I, I want to loop back around to, you know, this concept of resting and balancing that with core integration. So mm-hmm. I, when I first heard about this concept of, um, you know, staying so close to the bed at first, I was like, well, wait, you know, but, but little walks are so good and they are, but they can wait. Mm-hmm. You know what? Going for a little short walk can wait a week or two. Okay. Right. And when you go for that first short walk, I'm talking like you might walk out to the end of your little driveway to your mailbox and back. Right. Okay. And you're going to go slow. You're not going to go for three miles at your 5k pace. Okay. So, <laughs> and, but mom, we, you know, there's all these, there's all these pictures online. I just day saw this woman that was like 33 weeks running in a race and then five weeks out running in her next race. And for that mom, it, it looks like it might be okay for her, but she's also, there's nothing in the post about what she experienced afterwards. There's nothing about, did her bleeding increase? Did she have more pain? Did her diastasis widen? We don't know. And yes, she can go do that. And wow, she looks so great doing it. Oh, maybe I can do it. But we're not seeing what's happening mm-hmm. in her shorts, to be blunt. We're not seeing what's <laughs> happening in her core. We're not seeing what happens over the next 24 hours. Um, and like you said, it's not so much that things happen in the moment, but women who take time to rest overall, and I've seen this too with my clients on fit to be they come back with more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had strep throat a few years ago. And my naturopath was like, the number one thing, number two things you can do, rest and avoid sugar. And the day that I disobeyed her advice, um, and she wanted me to rest for three weeks. She's like, I want you in bed for three weeks. And I'm like, what? It's just strep throat. What? Well, I went to Costco and had had myself some applesauce, okay? (laughs) And the next day, the next day, that one trip to Costco and that one serving of applesauce, my skin was all swollen and I was flat on my back again because wow. my body was still in a healing phase. And, um, and so I was like, well, shoot, man, I, okay, there's something to this. Um, it, when I had my babies, my husband had to go back to work within a few days. My mom was here for a few days and then she had to go back. She had other obligations and I was by myself with a toddler and a newborn and I was a holy hot mess. Yeah. Um, it was not pretty. And, you know, this information was not available to me at the time. Um, and there were people that dropped in and that did help, but I really wish I had known to ask. And like you said, I love what you said, humble yourself, mm-hmm. humble yourself, admit that you cannot do it all. And that this is a season, a short season. This is a season to parent from the couch and it is okay. This is a, this is an okay time to let the kids watch blues clues and Dora the Explorer yeah. and um, to bring the meal and to, you know, holler from holler through the window at them playing in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the season to chill, to let the house get a little bit dirty, knowing that, or a lot dirty, knowing, <laughs> knowing that in a few short weeks, you'll get your mojo back if yeah. you rest. Yeah. Now, I'm just, I just I want think... to hear from you though, like what you would say about, um, because we get, I've, you've engaged in these threads in my forum about like when they're like, oh, what about, what about core work? What about, what about best routine? What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. What do you say to those people? Um, in the early postpartum, like, yeah. Oh, 
I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking beyond belly breathing, right? I'm talking beyond just laying in bed, gently activating your core. Okay. That's one thing. Right. But sure. I'm, like the people the that want to like jump right back, back in. in. No, I definitely say slow down. Um, I don't like a lot of people say it took nine months for you to grow that big and to, you know, birth a baby. Um, it's going to take time to get back to that ability to do longer, stronger workouts and to really get your core mm-hmm. back. And to be honest, like my core is still not back. I mean, it's, I've had, mm-hmm. I'm just, it's just not. And I'm, I'm at, again, it's a season and it's, it will, it will, there's a, there will be a time for that. And right now I mm-hmm. want to focus on my family and healing myself, um, from the inside out. Um, and so I encourage moms to, it's not, self-care is important and taking care of yourself and wanting to exercise is important, but I think it's important to be gentle with ourselves. Like you said, to take it slow. Um, so I'm, what, what is your time frame of when to jump back stronger or is it just kind of a follow, follow your body kind of thing or. <laughs> well, it's both. I mean, I have a roadmap that's in our postnatal program um, and I would love every woman to start that program, you know, pretty soon because the first couple of weeks of it are truly just like you're late. You can do them laying in bed. You can do them sitting in a chair. It's just breathing. It's super gentle. And people are like, what is this? Is this even doing anything? But it's huge. And then I gradually in that program, um, taper women up. To where six or seven weeks out, they get their very first baby wearing routine. And some people are like, well, but I'm already carrying my baby. How come I can't do a baby wearing routine until six or seven weeks? Because strapping something to your body and doing a few even gentle lunges is hard work. And I don't, you're not ready for it. If you follow the progression of workouts, there are, there's a progression you you start laying in bed the first few weeks and just sitting and like there's some chair fitness routines and there's routines with bolsters and pillows, restorative yoga, where you can just position yourself right there in bed. Um, and then I switch into like one of the first yoga root full yoga routines is one that's pubic synthesis disorder friendly. Um, this PSD synthesis pubis dysfunction, it gets called different things um, yeah. where you do the whole thing with your feet together the entire time. And it's only 20 minutes long and it's slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's slow. Your feet do not move from one position the entire time. So, and you're breathing and you're connecting and it's super gentle. And then like, that's your routine. That's one of the the hardest routines that week. Right. And then the next week we do something a, a little bit more and it's just super, super, um, like you're wading into freezing cold water one pinky toe at a time mm-hmm. type of a method. Yeah. And and women can and should do that whenever they make an entry back into fitness. They should follow this gentle progression. Okay. So like if you were to follow that, you can start early because you're following a progression that's going to help you make your way slowly out of bed over the course of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've taken that 777 formula really to heart. However, for those that don't have that and they don't have access and they're not getting the help they need, that's where that nice six-week formula comes in where the doctors are they're going for their six-week check and they're getting okayed for sex and exercise, which is just yep. ridiculous to me. <laughs> um, because at that point, you really still do need the progression. 
you cannot just go from right. zero to 60, from zero oh, to baby boot camp overnight. Mm-hmm. Chris, what that's were you going to say? I, I wanted to jump back to something that you said earlier where you said, hey, if you're going to be going to a baby shower, then maybe you should get something different. Oh. And I think that that's it's really interesting. So a lot of people that are listening to this podcast um, might be in a situation where they're going to have a baby or they just had a baby and it's just right on for them. But the majority, the 80% aren't at that exact moment right now, but they probably have friends that are. Mm -hmm. And so it is so much more fun to go buy all the cute clothes and those little fun things for baby. But, um, but I I kind of want to hear you guys talk about (laughs) the reality of what you really do need. And you touched on it some, but I'd love to just Mm -hmm. dig into that for all the people that are listening. No, you are the one that should be responsible and really get this new mom what she needs instead of what might just be the most fun to buy for the baby shower kind of thing. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I can tell you that the people that I have given Mm -hmm. it to as a gift and having received it as a gift, it was, it was a heartfelt gift and it was, it was noticeable and, and still fun to get because instead of it being, and all about the baby it also I mean pregnancy is about becoming a mother too and so it honored that Mm -hmm. and I think that touches my friends and it really touched me even though it was my Mm -hmm. fifth baby that I was having it it was it was a unique gift um that Mm -hmm. I you know I encourage people to still give and you might get even more of a heartfelt gratitude for it um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause you know, I, I love all those clothes and I live in a town that has a lot of babies, a lot of big families in my town. And so all the shops are full of such cute, adorable little clothes that make my ovaries ache every time I see them. Um, and you know, I've got a little stash going of things for if, and when there's babies, that my children one day have, I mean, that's going to be like 10 or 15 yeah. years from now and I'm still stashing stuff. Okay. Um, but I love this concept too of um, of nourishing the mother, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of funny because I got a hat box when I got married from another married lady, and the hat box had lots of things in it that were very practical <clears throat> mm-hmm. for early married life. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody else is giving you lingerie and toasters, yeah. and she was like, "No, no, here's like here's lube, and here's things, and here's." <laughs> Here's a book on, on like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, I've never thought of it that. Was, it was very, <laughs> right? yeah, it's kind of a similar concept. Yeah. She's like, you know, here's, you know, here's panty liners because what goes yeah. up must come down. And, you know, yeah. it was like just reality and <laughs> like stuff you don't think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, uh, my husband and I waited until we got married. And so some of that was, was new to us. Um, and yeah, so this is a similar concept of we're going to give you things that are very, very practical, that are going to be very handy because all those cute little newborn outfits, you go through about 10 of them a day, Yeah, you know, and in the moment, they're just something to change your baby out of, and they're yeah. just getting pooped on and spit up on, and they're and cute they for about five so minutes fast. until the next episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it's not to say we don't appear to buy those things. things. You can still yeah. buy a cute outfit and stick it in the basket. You know, you can still have yeah. the best of both and buy cute things yeah. to still nourish the mother. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
What do you think is the most nourishing thing that that you like every day you use it? Oh, I mean, obviously, like breast pads, but. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean what's the most helpful thing to give most helpful thing yeah. Yeah. it's just so helpful uh, my mind is thinking the robe because it was just a lightweight um pretty robe that i wouldn't have bought myself and um mm. it was just something comfortable and cozy and it made me feel um pretty but comfortable um it was better than just you know my 10 year old nursing tanks and um yeah you know again it was something i wouldn't have bought myself because i was like well i have a robe that's 20 years old <laughs> it worked <laughs> and it was so it was nice for her <laughs> to think about those things of you know wanting to make me feel comfortable and beautiful and nourished and mm-hmm. but still be practical mm-hmm I feel like Epsom salts would also be good, like, or magnesium flakes, you know, like yeah. for sit baths because sit, sit baths are yes. so good and they yes. make everything feel better after yes. you've had a baby. That would be a good thing mm-hmm. to include, like having a, you know, an herbal bath to put or Epsom salts. would be a good thing to include. Yeah. Oh, this is such good information. I, I can just see people like writing down these ideas. I hope they are. Get a pen, everybody. Go back and listen yeah. again. Write it down. Yeah. Mom, my blog has so it, we, you know, listed too. If that helps. Good. Good. We'll link to we'll that. Put that. Yeah, we'll link to that. So, Leah, I'd like to hear from you, like, so we talked about there's the group that's going to listen to this and be like, yeah, exactly. They're going to get dialed. And then there's this group that can't, they really can't. We talked about yeah. them. It's, but I think it's the a majority. Privilege. It's a luxury. The 60, 70, 80% of the populations in the middle where they're probably not going to have the support that they really need unless they put some effort in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so what I would love to hear from you is you get one of those women, woman, women alone for two minutes and you gotta, you're going to deliver this message to them. Mm-hmm. You want them to take it seriously. What do you tell her? Let's say she hasn't had a baby yet, so she doesn't know. She's eight and, and a half and months eight. pregnant and she does not have a basket. What do you tell her? <laughs> yeah. What do you tell her to get her to get her to really understand the weight of what's about to happen? Um, I think I would, I would say to prepare not only for your baby, but to prepare for motherhood um, and to prepare for your recovery. Because a lot of us don't, think to go past the, you know, coming home from the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're preparing all the baby clothes and the diapers and the car seats and all that kind of thing, but we, we don't stop to think about ourselves. Um, and we have mm-hmm. to be strong enough and um, emotional, stable, and to be able to care for the child that we bring home. And it's, you know, just like the oxygen mask on the airplane analogy that we hear, that we have to cover our nose and get oxygen before we can really help other people. And that includes our children and our husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not selfish to think about ourselves and to take care of ourselves. And it's not lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's, we need to let go of that guilt of 
you know, we're worthy of this too. So. Mm-hmm. This is so similar to um, the surgery that I had last year. As you're talking, I was thinking about how I knew I was going to be having surgery for my neck weeks in advance. And I began looking at my bed and my room and realizing I'm going to be here a lot. And I did some rearranging, knowing that I would have trouble lifting my head, that I'd be living in a brace for six weeks. I moved some things around. And at the time, I remember thinking, hmm, this is a lot like when I had my babies. Like I, I, I got some books from the library and put them by my bed because I was not going to be able to go to the library right exactly. after surgery in my drugged yep. up state. Yep. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I had my medication nearby and I had my favorite water bottle and I, I, I got myself, or I think, I think my daughter got me a new coffee mug. Um, yeah. and you know, I made sure the sheets were changed and, and cause I actually, I really need to work on that. I'm terrible about changing bed sheets. So I made I sure do. I did that before I had <laughs> surgery. Right. Um, you know, I got my, you know, I got my, just, just kind of prepared this environment that I would be in a lot for the next several weeks. Um, and I had already been in it a lot because I was in a lot of pain prior to that. And so I had this really raw perspective that I imagine a pregnant mom and I remember, but especially a pregnant mom that has been on bed rest that is now possibly facing or is, should be facing more bed rest as she recovers. Yeah. Like we can be proactive and we can take charge of our environment and we need to do that more and not, not wait for others and not just sit back and hope other people read our minds, but like you said, humble ourselves and actually ask for help. Yeah. Um, and then fill in the gaps where we don't have help as yeah. best we can with what we have. Exactly. I've even like, like asked people like, Hey, I'm really struggling with laundry and people are like, Oh, I love folding laundry. I'll come help you. It's crazy people. <laughs> crazy. They're crazy. For real. <laughs> but we love them. <laughs> but what a blessing that was. Um, and you know, there's other things that people like doing and are happy to help with. And you, but you have to put yourself out there to ask it on Facebook or, you know, what it, if people want to help usually. You just have to, mm-hmm. yeah, to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And little kids can do a lot. Yeah. Little kids can do more than we give them credit for. Um, my kids were extremely helpful during my surgery, but they're a lot older, you know, at the time they were nine and 12 and they did a ton. And mm-hmm. um, if I had been up trying to do it all myself, they wouldn't have done it. Right? right. Exactly. Make, I wouldn't have given them, them little, the opportunity. Make them little beggars work. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have five. <laughs> <laughs> make those yeah. beggars work. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think helping, having our kids and our, our spouses understand the importance of us needing care too. Um, you know, helping them to see that this is a season that mommy needs help. Um, mm-hmm. that's pretty big too. And it teaches them down the road to care for themselves and, yes. you know, be husbands yes. that care for their wives or be a mom that takes yes. care of herself. And that's huge too. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have two more questions. Lord, clapping. Um, <laughs> one, the first one is, um, so we talked about the three different groups of women. What do you tell the spouse that also has not been through this yet? What do you, what's your message to them? Because they're getting, you know, they might not be getting any information either. Yeah. Well, they say might not. They probably aren't. Right. Um, I would say that if you really want your wife to not go completely, 
seemingly crazy in the first few weeks and months. <laughs> um, and yeah. watching the roller coaster of hormones, like, you know, pamper her. Like this, like she mm-hmm. should be treated like a queen, like you said, that, you know, she just gave birth to your child. Like that's a huge thing. Um, and she should be treated with all the pampering of the queen um, to really recover. Um, and it will help. And it'll help your marriage, honestly. Like it was such a bonding experience for my husband to really, really care for me, like I do for him on a man cold. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was. It really was a bonding, loving experience. And it, yes, it's more work for a few days or a week that you're able to help, or even if it's just weekends that you're home once you have to go back to work. It, but it's such a gift um, to give that to your wife, and she will appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's I think awesome. I think most like, guys like <laughs> most guys want to be there for their wives. They mm-hmm. just, maybe they don't know how. Maybe they have an example. They they haven't listened to this podcast about making baskets and and, and what to bring and what to do. And uh, you know they're looking at their wives and, and she's just crying and and her and. You know, everything seems like it's broken and, and you've, you've just seen her go through this very difficult thing and, and, uh, you know, and you, you want her and, and you, you need her and you want her back, but how do you get there? And they don't know. And so we have to communicate that as women, men need to seek out help too. They need to go ask other dudes and say, Hey man, you know, what did you do when your wife was going through this? What worked? What didn't work? Chris, you, you and Alice have had four kids. What would you say? I would say that however bad the education is out there for women, um, what they need to be prepared for, I would say that the education out there for men is 1 million times less. So if you think it's Mm -hmm. bad for women, there's no education for men. They literally have no education. They don't have examples. They can't talk to their buddies because they also have no education. Like it's, it's really Uh a problem. And so because of that, and they're not going to, this isn't even a knock on them. They're not going to go look for the information either. Like they don't even know that they don't know. So what I would say Mm -hmm. is the women need to say to them, Hey, this is what I'm going to need. Because most husbands, I believe actually want to do a good job, but they really don't know. And because a lot of women aren't, their wives aren't telling them, they're just nobody's helping like nobody's fulfilling the role that they could really be fulfilling if they just knew more. So I would say you women have an obligation to tell their spouse, Hey, this is what I'm going to need. This is what will be helpful. You know, and if you don't believe me, go listen to this podcast, skip to the end. And this guy is going to tell you, um, Mm -hmm. because I think that, I think that's the biggest problem is that they, they don't know. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Beth, kids can do so much more that like, I think a lot of kids today are just, they, we placate to their needs and, and they will rise to the occasion to help mm-hmm. if we allow them to and giving mm-hmm. them responsibilities. It, it is shocking. Um, you know, how well and how much children will rise to, serve and and be helpful if we give them the opportunity so i think we need to do that mm-hmm. that's what i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I then agree. too don't don't yell at them because they're not helping don't yell at the kids because yeah. they're not helping 
say what you need. Say, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Humble yourself. Mm-hmm. I really could use your help. Can you please do X, Y, and Z? Oh, look, Absolutely. see, there's mine. He does have, Hello. dude, you look like you got no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> You do have clothes, um, right? Yeah. Okay, he does. <laughs> I think it's important no, to have to... this conversation during pregnancy too. It's not. It's not a mm-hmm. conversation to have when you have the baby in your arms. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is something mm-hmm. that you need to be well in advance talking about, thinking about, because you're not going to be. Um, yeah, you're not going to be able to like. Let's sit down and have a discussion about what we're going to need after the birth. Like Mm -mm. you're not in that place anymore. No, that's like asking somebody who's climbing a mountain. We'll just go with that analogy. Who's hanging on by one finger to an edge, yelling down to them. Hey, uh, what do you think you're going to need tomorrow? (laughs) And they're like, "Um, do you think it's, yeah, my goal is to not die right now. My goal is to not right. die right now. Exactly. I'm just surviving. Because that's what it feels like. Yeah. That Yeah, you are very much in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And we need to honor that. And remember, it is just a season. We can get past it. So can we talk about And we will get things? past it. Yeah. A few practical things that, you know, family or spouses can do. They're very basic. It's not hard. You know, get them a glass of water if they need more water. Get them a cup of tea if they want tea. Bring them mm-hmm. their meal and onto their bed tray. Go run errands for them. Mm-hmm. Take care of the children. Do the dishes. Vacuum. Clean the you know, toilet. Basic, <laughs> clean the toilet. Whatever, exactly. whatever needs to be done, just, you know, step up and do it. And it's okay. And I would really stress giving mom grace the, and space to heal. Like saying, you know, it's okay the house is a mess when I come home to it because you're healing and you're taking care of my children. And that's, that's a big important job right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not making them feel guilty for, for having a lazy day. Lazy. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. lazy. And, yeah. Allowing them th- that freedom to take care of themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Leah, I said I had two questions. The other yeah. question is one that we ask everyone, which is, what is your favorite exercise right now? And how does it relate to postpartum and, and that whole process? Oh, I, my favorite is, oh, there we go. <laughs> my favorite is, it does not relate to the postpartum. <laughs> I love the okay. kickboxing. That's all right. <laughs> I love the kickboxing. Okay. Um, it's just a lot of fun and it wasn't one that I thought I would like because it's a lot more, I'm a very like reserved kind of person, but there's just some kind of energy about it. It's just a lot of fun, but I would say it's too advanced for postpartum. <laughs> I do love. Yeah. yeah oh, you mean, you mean our kickboxing routine? Yeah. Yeah. Our kickboxing routine. It. Yes. Love it. Love it. Um, yes. But I do, I really no. love the foundation five. Like I go back to that all the time and that's what I'm pretty much just incorporating my daily life right now. Um, you know, yeah. as I'm still recovering mm-hmm. and just very busy right now. But when I get back to mm-hmm. really being dedicated like I was, I can't wait to kick off again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, awesome. and the, the nice thing about the foundational five is that it keeps the foundation. And so even if you're just doing yeah. a little bit here and there, the, the, the day that you're ready to do something a little bit more, then you can. And you don't have to go back and do the foundations again. Right. Right. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I That's love awesome. that we can work it into our daily lives. That it's not something that I I've you know watched it for five years, so I can it's in it's up here, so I can you know yeah. know when to activate my core and you know practice a few things while I'm doing my dishes, or so it's I don't have to have yep. you in front of me in order to to still be working on my core. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. What she's talking about, for those of you who are listening, is if you go to Fit to Be and you go to our main menu and you look under workout and then you click on start here, it'll take you to our first foundational five routines. Um, or you also can click on the first five exercises under workout, which is really mm-hmm. the first five videos. And they're all very basic, gentle, easy peasy, yet, you know, a little challenging because you're connecting yeah. and yeah. you have to think about it. Yeah. And that's real. that's that, that is they're legit. Yeah. Yep. Well, Leah, thank you so much for spending time with us. This has been a really awesome podcast. I love the message that you've got. And I think that more, it just, it's like so many of these podcasts that people need to learn and educate themselves on this stuff. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's sad that it's not out there, but you know, the, the work that you're doing on your website and things is helping with that. Um, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes too um, so you guys can find that yeah thanks for being on here Leah yeah thank you so much you're welcome well if that didn't reroute some of your neural pathways I don't know what will now be sure to follow us on Instagram at fit to be studio on Twitter at fit to be and on Facebook via fit to be tummy safe fitness and subscribe to this podcast so you get them when they first release now go release your hamstrings and calves I show you how to do that in quite a few workout videos over at fit2b.com. So see you there.